0: Hello, welcome back to Teens Talk Politics. I'm Andrew, and I'm here joined by my co-host, Sam. And today we'll be talking about the crisis in Ukraine. Of course, I believe most of our listeners will know that there's been an ongoing war between Russia and Ukraine. Uh, it's the past few weeks, Russia had built up several thousand troops on the border between Ukraine and Russia and the border between Ukraine and Belarus. And that, And then they decided to go into Ukraine and begin an invasion this started shortly after they repre- uh, they recognized two uh eastern i believe it was two eastern countries as independent from ukraine they were controlled by separatists that uh were favorable to the russian government and then they moved into those separatist regions and then from there they began an invasion into ukraine so there's a lot that we have to talk about today because of the amount like the global Shift that has happened around the world because of this crisis. And the first thing we're going to be talking about specifically is oil because Russia and Ukraine both supply a lot of oil to the United States. And this will make gas prices rise even more than they already have after supply chain issues and uh, whatnot. So, Sam, what do you think about oil in particular about this crisis?
1: I mean, a good chunk of oil comes, obviously, as you said, from both Russia and the United in the Russian Federation. But it's not enough to cause an international oil crisis, but it is certainly doing a decent chunk to the American economy. I think every, everyone's complaining about gas prices expected to go up, and Americans just love their gas prices. But one-eighth of our oil comes from the Ukraine, just because especially the Balkans have an unusually high amount of oil um, in that region. And so it's Kind of insane, especially considering neighboring countries like Lithuania have declared state of emergencies, making it more difficult to export oil. And also, yeah, another decent chunk comes from those other Balkan countries. And so this could escalate into something a lot worse as this crisis unfolds. Do you have any thoughts?
0: Well, if Biden does end up seeing this crisis as he has, we have Mm -hmm. gas prices that are already rising. And it's what, like almost 4 bucks like nationwide mm-hmm. on average for gas a gallon. And the U.S. citizens, they're pretty pissed off about all of this. And that's understandable. They're blaming Biden, which it's not necessarily his fault. I think in this case, the only thing Biden could really do to get gas prices to go down from where they are is just to uptake the production of oil domestically in the United States.
1: That shouldn't be that much of an issue because of how much... Republicans and Democrats alike like to keep their oil. And considering the previous infrastructure in America's for their oil production being the first country to first to use oil, I believe that was on a wide-scale production. It's important that the United States can reproduce after this this critical part to our economy. And I think we have certainly the right steps in order to do this. It's just how well Biden plays it
0: in my opinion i think this would be a a backward step in terms of our uh carbon neutral future Mm -hmm. that we're trying to get to Mm -hmm. by uh having more oil in this country Mm -hmm. but also at the same time right now that's needing to happen otherwise gas prices are going to go to the roof yeah and people are not going to be able to afford gas anymore even right now they're struggling to pay for gas but just Think about what it would be like if Russia and Ukraine are not supplying oil to the United States.
1: There's only really a few options for buying out of this. It's the one that we were just talking about, or boosting America's uh, public transportation infrastructure. And that could be significantly helpful because of how much public infrastructure is already set in place for systems like trains, buses, and stuff on. On average scale, I mean, again, the United States isn't no Europe <laughs> on a level like that. But it could be a good opportunity to get to such a level where we don't rely on our own individual suburban cars anymore.
0: Right. And there has been a sanction that the U.S. The US Senate wants to put in place that Biden has not. And this is the only major sanction that Biden has not put in place. And it was specifically on oil. And the only Mm -hmm. thing that's refraining Biden from actually putting the sanction in order is, of course, his fear of gas prices going up tremendously.
1: And Biden's approval ratings are already low enough as there is. They've gone up
0: in the past few days. Have they now? But not Mm -hmm. that much. (laughs) Comparatively to what they were at the beginning of his term, they're still quite low, but they are higher than they were just a few days ago.
1: Yeah, That's, that's good. But yeah, again, a hit to that approval ratings could hurt his agenda and- um, chances in midterms coming up which are starting up soon. It's 2022. Well, the
0: Texas uh, primaries have already happened. Yeah. Better Rourke, mm-hmm. he's running for governor, already won his primary, and then Greg Abbott won his primary. Oh. So <laughs> primary season has already started and some, in some cases yeah. have already ended and we'll depending on the state. we'll get to that
1: probably next episode?
0: Maybe two episodes from yeah. now. We'll see what happens next week. But as we see, Biden's going to be looking a lot at the next election, which any politician would,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and his approval rating has gone up, but it's not to the point where he's going to be feeling comfortable going into the midterms. Mm-hmm. So he's going to have to do something, whether it's producing more oil or having a more drastic measure yeah. against Russia. But there's not much he can do.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I and mean, this is not something that's typically used for this teen stock politics, but there has been a conspiracy that this is just all stupid and whatever, that every time Russia has attacked or tried to intrigue on and um, in, infringe on America's soil has been when there's a democratic president, a liberal president in uh, office. Like, think about it. It's the Cuban Missile Crisis, JFK, Obama, Crimea, and now Joe Biden in Ukraine. It's interesting to see the geopolitics of just how this works. And it's surprising it didn't happen in the Trump administration, considering Trump's crude politics. But again, it's a weird time for our government. Well,
0: I don't want to get into speculation (laughs) that much, but Trump has had these, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's been in communication with Russians. That's been obvious. Mm -hmm. And of course, with the Ukraine government, and that's why he was impeached because he tried to get dirt on Joe Biden uh, using President Zelensky of Ukraine. It could have something to do with that, but we don't know. And mm-hmm. to speculate on that, something probably wouldn't be very smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that is something to point out. Yes, that has happened, but there could be other reasons other than a coincidence. We mm-hmm. just don't know. Yeah,
1: Russia is making moves that are kind of hard to follow mm-hmm. in the fact of, while sure they're trying to make a military asset to hurt the United States, it's there's probably another political level behind it. And that could be uh, just up to putin's mad play there could be some deeper meaning behind it
0: what do you think putin's end goal is hurt biden get another
1: republican in, uh, office hurt the u.s oil well for
0: his country and specifically he not doesn't just have no US. goals for his country he has no his goals
1: his country is dying and he knows it and he just wants to hurt the u.s
0: so you think entering ukraine was specifically to hurt the u.s
1: to hurt nato at least right if you think about it, there is no goal. There's nothing remotely useful for Putin entering Ukraine for his own people. It's just a waste of military and international resources.
0: Well, just look at the like geopolitics. Mm-hmm. Ukraine There's, joining NATO. Mm-hmm. That is really close yep. to Moscow mm-hmm. if they had nuclear weapons.
1: Yeah, and now they're, Ukraine is rushing. Is it the UN trying to rush admission into the United Nations, if I'm right?
0: You, Ukraine into the United Nations? yeah they've they've always been the united Uh, nations which
1: which organization is it is it Uh, oh the
0: european the european union yeah they're trying to rush
1: admission into there so that they can give some more economic support to ukraine and so it's it's going to be an interesting play and maybe putin is trying to create another soviet bloc trying to get another buffer zone in between nato and uh, russia but who knows Do you have any thoughts?
0: Well, we've heard this before. He's trying to get back the old Soviet Union, which I've heard from news organizations and whatnot, getting back your Baltic states and getting back Ukraine. If he does that, he'll bring back a big chunk of the old Soviet Union. Of course, there's parts in the Middle East that he probably Mm -hmm. won't be going after with the stand countries, but we'll have to see. He'll probably be not in leadership if Russia does decide to go into the Middle East to regain some of its old territory like in Georgia and whatnot. But the reason, I think, in my opinion, that he's gone specifically for Ukraine is for that very reason with NATO. Mm -hmm. Because Ukraine, of course, I mean, this is what he says publicly, he attacked Ukraine because they were trying to become a part of NATO, and they didn't want NATO to expand eastward towards Mm -hmm. Russia.
1: Yeah, NATO has remained mostly dormant in expansion, besides probably those Nordic countries, Finland, Norway, Sweden offering membership to those i think finland's already in isn't it
0: one of the three's in yeah. i think finland yeah. but i don't the there's out of the three there's two that are not one is yeah. it yeah but i don't remember which ones
1: and associate members like switzerland and uh, and more and so i think it's not really been in a steady expansion but this ukraine trying to get in was kind of the last straw for putin and i think that's interesting
0: in my opinion this is kind of just an excuse though mm-hmm he wants to attack Ukraine, I think particularly because I think it has to do with uh, of Ukraine joining NATO, but I don't think that's mm-hmm. his main reason, really. So what is? I think it has a lot of getting to have the old stature of the Soviet mm-hmm. Union. Yeah. I uh, think it has a lot to... He was, what, a a, a spy back in those days? KGB agent. KGB agent, agent during uh, the Soviet Union, and he wants to be back in that old standing during the old world.
1: Yeah. Old world. Old Cold War. <laughs> there you go all right yeah i think we're getting a bit off topic do we do we want to move on or is
0: i just keep it's going to be a flu conversation so where do you want to go next
1: <laughs> You choose.
0: all right we can talk about the immigration uh crisis coming mm-hmm. out of ukraine there's been 1.3 million immigrants coming out of ukraine
1: and th- i think before the invasion it was like what 3 million expected and it's, so
0: well this is the largest immigration crisis since world war ii yeah So that I've heard that to be known as some foreshadowing. I've heard that, of course, um, regardless of whether you think a world war is possible coming out of this, this is a big deal with 1.3 million people having to evacuate because they're not safe in their own country. And considering this is a European country, that's really saying something Uh, because, of course, like in other poor countries and other continents like South America and Africa, where their GDP is much lower might have a great population but they have a lot less money than in europe that is really saying something considering they're not safe in their own country and a lot of them are moving to poland a lot of them are moving to hungary moldova there have been several moving to germany a few thousand move into russia and then um, of course there are several thousand scattered all around europe but this is really this is really showing you how scared a lot of ukrainians are and we'll talk about in just a minute about how the Ukrainians that are left are actually fighting the Russians to try to stop Russia from coming in. Uh, like whether or not Russia, let's say they attack the United States. I don't know if U.S. citizens would go out in the streets and just battle them because no. there are some very patriotic people <laughs> in this country. They say they're patriotic, but I don't know if, whether they would risk their own lives
1: yeah.
0: like Ukrainian citizens are.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, but it's also Ukraine has always been in this position of being looming under Russian threat. I mean, Crimea has happened before, and they thought Ukraine was going to be a goner after then. And so we're thinking the same thing here now, except they're invading the Ukraine mainland. It's not just some far off peninsula. And so, again, it's not the first time Ukrainians in Balkan countries have dealt with this. Ukraine was annexed again by the USSR back when it was just originally founded. So they're used to this the United States is not. And so I think that's a interesting but weird comparison to be making.
0: Well, we have to look. Yeah. When we were actually looking back when Russian troops were putting themselves among or at the border between Russia and Ukraine, Belarus and Ukraine. Mm-hmm. I I've seen interviews with Ukrainian citizens. There were very few that were actually they actually thought that the threat of Ukraine being invaded, they they didn't think that that was a credible threat, and they didn't think that was ever going to happen. And now we look, and it has happened. So, for most Ukrainians, this was unexpected. Yes, they've always had this threat, but they at the end of the day, they didn't actually believe Russia was going to attack. And when they did, they a lot of them still stood up to protect their own country. A lot of them have left. Like, if you're a wife, you and your child left, and then you left your husband to fight. What, uh, not always, but that has been seen several several mm-hmm. um, times throughout Ukraine the past few days, and especially in places like Kyiv, they've mm-hmm. uh, uh, what what it's some cocktail that explodes? What's it called? I don't remember. Uh, but they've used their ha- um, homemade bombs made from cocktails to try to prevent Russia from basically invading the rest of the country.
1: Yeah. So again, it's. Thousands of volunteers are taking up arms with no prior military experience to try to fight the country. this has definitely halted um, the Russian invasion. And as you can see on that one Ukrainian highway, that that video went viral of people stacking up sandbags on that highway in order to stop the Russian uh, response. And this immense effort to do this is partly sponsored by... The president at the time, uh, President Zelensky, mm-hmm. and so and he's rallying the nation to do better. To and he he his even himself was seen with a rifle standing almost at front lines, l- posing and trying to fight, promising to fight off any Russians as any other Ukrainian would do. Like that's some dedication. Well, maybe.
0: a lot of that's propaganda. I mean, course. obviously, but, but like, I, I think the fact that he's actually done that at all is is. Really something. Of course, he's, he used to be an actor, so he's able to portray a different character than what he's actually feeling. Mm-hmm. If he's really scared, he's able to portray someone that is still standing up and fighting against the Russian military, regardless whether or not he wants to or not, whether he's feeling like he can. Yeah, his, be- oh, He is an actor, so to be able to portray something like that, it takes skill, and he's had that background to be able to do something like that.
1: Yeah, like his famous quote being recently when the United States offered him a evacuation thing for to escape Ukraine, he said, I don't need a ride, I need ammunition. Like that is some good, like Ronald Reagan level quotes right there. And it's, this is what rallies a nation. Like this is how you respond to a crisis. And he's doing a perfect job, a near perfect job of, rallying the nation to his support i mean obviously thousands of russian troops isn't gonna do do squat against one well thought out speech but it's something
0: i think at the end of the day um i think he'll be killed i'm gonna be completely honest he'll probably be killed in this war Mm -hmm. because i don't think ukraine really stands a chance at this point if he
1: evacuates we see we've seen the russians assassinate people too and so if there's not really a really viable solution of him living.
0: Because he's stood up to the Russian military to a point where Russia's going to want him dead. Mm-hmm. I've seen things, oh, he's just going to get arrested and been sent to life in prison in Russia, but I don't think that's going to happen. He'll just be killed, I think, is what's going to end up happening, and I think that would probably go to same for all of his, his family as well. Yeah. Because Putin has no mercy, really, and he's getting to a point where he's old, <laughs> so he's trying to accomplish as much as possible anything that's going to stand in his way he's going to try to eliminate as quickly as possible he's his late 60s almost 70 at this point like i said he's getting old so he won't be in power for uh that much longer maybe another decade or so but after that i don't think he'll be in power
1: Mm -hmm. yeah that's a very thought out thing and it's sad to realize but again his effort and dedication is to not go unrecognized.
0: Right. Okay, I think we're going to move on. So we're going to talk about war crimes. And so international, the international courts have been trying to, uh, 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 what's the word, prosecute Russia because they think that he attacked a nuclear power plant, which he did, which is a war crime, and also attacking a country unprovoked, also a war crime. So these are serious allegations against Putin, and that would be lead to uh, jail. That's not going to happen. Putin is not going to jail. I can almost guarantee you. Uh, so, Sam, what are your thoughts about this?
1: I mean, it's this is I, again, this has happened before. Like this isn't the first time we've seen Putin invade a neutral country and then get away with it scot free. Sanctions are eventually going to be lifted. The world is going to move on, and Putin's going to move right along with it. That's the issue. The United Nations, the European Union, NATO, they can't do nothing. It's nothing's going to happen to Putin, whether or not the people want it or not. And that's kind of disappointing. Putin has stood against that anything, any organization in the name of free will has put it forward. And he recognized that all of these organizations are weak. There's nothing they can do, and he's trying to exploit that. He's trying to turn their hand over and show that he has the power. He's in control. He's playing the cards. And this point is, I think, one of his biggest goals, to show he's not stop- He's unstoppable. He's, he just took over Ukraine, and nothing's going on. And that's kind of disappointing to see.
0: I find it interesting that I agree with you. He's probably going to get away with it. Like mm-hmm. one out of a hundred chance maybe to <laughs> actually get prosecuted. But at the end of the day, he's going to get away with it. But what's interesting to me is the entire international community is against him. Mm-hmm. Ma- almost every major country is putting sanctions against him, except like Mexico, maybe Mexico. Um, they put out a stamp and they're like, we want to have uh, good uh, relations with all the countries, all the countries, uh, <laughs> But then they're gonna. If Ukraine wins, they're not gonna have a very good relationship with them. So I don't really know how that works. Of course, Russia is gonna be a larger power, so it kind of makes sense, but not really at the same time. But like all of Europe has put in sanctions against them. Even Switzerland, it's been known that they are a very neutral country. Like the only organization they're really part of is the United Nations, mm-hmm. right? They're not part of NATO. They're not part of the European Union.
1: They are. They reluctantly oh, yeah, joined. joined in nineteen eighty something. Like that.
0: I don't know what year. Yeah. Yeah. But really they've always tried to stay neutral even during like world war ii they still traded with the nazis Mm -hmm. so the fact that they've put up sanctions against russia and they're traditionally almost always neutral is really speaking volumes really is what that is
1: that's a statement and considering there's just so much international hate from countries big and small that just hate russia the stigma is isn't gonna go away i mean again it's a fad of what russia's been up to and people are gonna find it not as important eventually but simultaneously this is going to be a lasting impact if what comes is the complete takeover of ukraine if ukraine falls at the hands of russians and on the media that's disappointing like that's sad and everybody's gonna remember it but then what happens after that
0: well, that that's a great point, because our next bullet point up here is the puppet government. I, I've been talking to teachers, and they their thoughts were that Putin was going to try to put in a puppet gov- uh, government, which I think will probably end up happening, because uh, you can't have martial law forever. They're going to eventually have to put in a puppet government, um, puppet, a puppet pr- uh, president. Zelensky obviously will not be that president. And we don't know who it's going to be, but that will most likely be the case, mm-hmm. and that's what's going to happen afterwards. Yeah, that's going to what is going to is that is going to be what happens afterwards. I mm-hmm. do believe Russia is going to win this war, and I do believe they will eventually control all of Ukraine, mm-hmm. but they won't be putting their mil- military mm-hmm. all around Ukraine. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot like Belarus, where mm-hmm. they're basically the same country, mm-hmm. but they're the technically on, yeah, not.
1: the only difference is is the border. Like, there's nothing else. They have basically unrestricted, but Exclusive trade to Russia. They have anything they can or will do from Russia in exchange for complete obedience and loyalty against the West. Right. And that's disappointing, especially considering that last time Russia did this with Georgia, as soon as they came out, left it go, let it go, they, ah, <clears throat> sorry, they have had all sanctions lifted after they invaded. And so it's just like, are we just going to keep repeating this process until Russia has the entirety of the Eastern Bloc? Like, what's going on?
0: Right. And I think I I do want to speak specifically about the Baltic nations. They're a part of NATO. Russia wants those countries. There have been uh, uh, models of how you could invade a country like that. And there have been models that take it like three days to take over the entire country with Mm -hmm. the standing that the Russian military currently have. These are NATO countries. Mm -hmm. If NATO countries get attacked, all of Europe is in war. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I mean, Sam, you always call me a warmonger, but that's a a real threat.
1: Mm. Yeah. Again, it's it's, yeah, that's very likely. And I think Russia is going to keep biting and biting at uh the balkans but it's not going to happen in one minute it's going to be a slow gradual cheap in attempt to break away these governments without forming an actual union or whatever and is it going to how late is it going to be until nato united nations european union does anything about it
0: right Let's just take a hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Okay, One of the three get attacked. Mm-hmm. Then what? Is the U.S. going to go to war for that small Baltic nation? They're technically required to.
1: Mm-hmm. But are they?
0: But is it going to be like Vietnam where they're going to have a draft and no one wants to go? Mm-hmm. Right?
1: Yeah, that's unfortunate. I think what would probably be a likely scenario is we send in the small force, task force, and then just a butt-ton of trainers and stuff like that to help arm the people and get things done we can't afford another blunder after afghanistan if the united states is in a limbo mode where it's deciding on whether it wants to be the world police or just out of international politics like it was a hundred years ago and it's gonna be this limbo zone isn't healthy at the moment you can't just when you're going into war you can't put in half of your effort you either put all your cards in, and get that, it's easier to win, Sync like that. Or you take no cards in and just watch from the sidelines, maybe put in a few sanctions. You can't just put in a certain number of troops because like, that's what happened in Vietnam. We put in only a few trainers until it was too late and Vietnam fell. And we were in a stalemate for however many years.
0: I want to hear your thoughts on this. So let's say this happens. Mm-hmm. It's NATO versus Russia, and who else?
1: Don't make me say this.
0: Who? What? China. Do you think China will get involved?
1: Economically, yes. Militarily, no.
0: So they, um, China would put sanctions on all the NATO countries? China,
1: China doesn't like making enemies. China likes making friends. What China will do is they'll put in hundreds of billions of dollars that they made off of other countries, and put it directly into Russia. They might even send a few troops because they've been known prone to do that before. It's, but China doesn't like being at the forefront and they have a very different strategy from the US. They hide in the shadows. And then once all responsibility comes, they, uh, they lean out and say, let's keep trading. Like that's what Russia is trying to do, but China's doing it better, if I'm honest.
0: Like, this is why this is such a large threat right now, because Mm -hmm. people are looking at this and they're thinking, okay, this is the only, this is the start, really.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. The best scenario here, Ukraine citizens fight back against Russia and they actually win the war. I don't Mm -hmm. think they'll be able to take back the entire country, but they'll be Mm -hmm. able to keep some of Ukraine. Yeah,
1: they, they, Kiev doesn't get taken over.
0: There you go. Kiev doesn't get taken over. Mm -hmm. That's probably your best scenario. Mm Mm-hmm. And Russia is in shambles. Their economy right now is in shambles.
1: And but, and NATO doesn't lift sanctions.
0: Right. So their economy been. continues just just going down. There's a
1: democratic takeover, partial democratic takeover of Russia. Everybody hates Russia. But then what happens after that?
0: And what look, happens after that is
1: China becomes twice as powerful.
0: Russia is now not part, really, of international standings anymore. It doesn't matter. Because mm-hmm. Russia's military, Russia's economy is going to be gone at that mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. So Europe is a little more safe because Russia isn't that looming threat. And I think the chances of a war go down so much because I don't think China is just going to, the only country they have major problems with that they could go to war with, I think is Taiwan. You can make arguments for other countries, but that's the only one that military action mm-hmm. could be genuinely taken.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it depends on how China's going to play this. This is, the world is in China's hands at the moment because this is, this could poss- quite possibly be Russia's last stand. And after this, Russia's in ruin. Russia might not even exist. and China has all the power. They have all the money the world could ever need. They have all the military the world could ever need. They have all the demo- they have all the international cards. And so what do they do? Do they keep the peace and keep getting rich or do they try to expand globalist and start more conflict? That is what I'm not sure, because China likes both of those things equally well. And knowing what they've done in the past is kind of unsure. But then China is still somehow slightly unstable because of how much the the people of China want freedom. They want to be paid less than 50 Well, also,
0: the pandemic's really shaken China Mm -hmm. as well, Mm -hmm. Uh, because they're trying to completely kick uh, COVID out of the country, but that's not really stopping COVID. It's still there. As we Mm -hmm. saw in the Olympics, there was still a major problem with covid where several Mm -hmm. athletes weren't even able to compete after years of training
1: and not to mention genocides like the uyghurs going on in china it's it's not looking stable there
0: so yeah china has their own issues Mm -hmm. will they go above those issues and try to get involved with their military on international issues and that's the real question right Mm -hmm.
1: and Mm -hmm. it depends who's in charge right right if soon enough there's a partial democratic takeover of china then it could be a lot more peaceful if uh mao or not Mao, uh what is his name xi jinping Uh, Jinping, If, if ping dies then what happens after that is a more expansionist globalist leader coming in and then just expanding on what you
0: and going back to russia as they are standing now <laughs> okay we're not going to keep going in the future what could happen putin right now is really unpopular in his own country and that's something we need to talk about
1: because
0: mm-hmm. right now we have putin who thought that the state television was going to keep him popular among the country to make the rest of the uh, russian citizens believe that the war is actually uh, needed and that there was a real threat coming from nato and that there was a uh, an actual reason for him to get involved with his military. But Putin's
1: staff forgot about one thing, and it starts with an I and ends with an internet. The internet has been an extreme tool in anti, uh, whatchamacallit, dictator propaganda. It hasn't
0: even worked with state television, though. You saw the whole crew of one like uh, (laughs) Russian television. They all quit at the same time, and they ended (laughs) with, uh, we don't want more, or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. It's not working. Putin is really unpopular right now, and as we look, Putin is not having, if he, he doesn't have the public support from his own country, and his economy is in shambles, the only thing he has left is really his military that's in Ukraine, that presents problems for Russia, right? Mm-hmm. Whether or not Putin will be able to get his popularity back from the Russian people, I think that's all in time to see whether or not that happens. Mm-hmm. But as it stands right now, he's still really unpopular mm-hmm. among his own people right
1: mm-hmm. yeah that's just insane and i'm excited to see what goes forward with this like last time we saw an unpopular government cough cough 1917 uh russia was no more and this is interesting to see on what's gonna happen is this russian revolution part three like what's going on here
0: so, I mean, just looking, mm-hmm. there are so many things that could happen, and we're spec, we're trying to speculate on all, on on, but basically, what could happen? Very true. At uh, looking at, oh, this is the best option. <laughs> this is probably what we don't want to happen. And this is
1: the most likely. This is the least.
0: Right, and in my eyes, it's quite <laughs> likely that they attack a NATO country in just a few de- decades, if not a few years. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? I mean, if Russia stands as they are right now, that's definitely going to happen, I think. Politics, but if they go, yeah. if they're standing and the world goes down, I don't know if that's as likely.
1: Politics have been like this, like it is now for 40 years, back and forth between Russia and NATO. And, but then as we see a third player, China, and we see a lot more democratic things happening, it it's a tide changing. And so we need to recognize, first of all, is the tide changing in Russian, China and pol- ch- politics. And if so, what, where is it changing? How is it changing? What's going on?
0: Right. Okay. Is there any last things you want to say before we end this episode?
1: Oh my gosh, that was a long episode.
0: All right. Uh, thank you for watching. Um, and come back next no. weekend. We'll probably be doing an episode, I believe, about uh, Ketanji Brown Jackson, the Supreme Court justice for Joe Biden, and the
1: State week. of the Union. Was so it, we've missed. I'm um, so we were sorry that we haven't been here recently. We've been really busy and. We'll try to upload more
0: once a week, hopefully, (laughs) because we did have the State of the Union. We also had an innovation, so we chose to do the invasion now. Of course, we'll (laughs) hopefully cover everything Biden said in his speech probably next Saturday or Sunday. We'll see our, our schedules. Thank you for listening.